This morning we are going to end our study of 1 John, and then next week, here's what we're doing. We're going to go through a series um, of basically basic Bible principles to make sh- in Christian growth to help us. In Sunday school, we're going through a series right now. We started this morning called What is a Christian? And we're, we're really working on the idea of what does it mean to be a Christian? And for instance, Sunday school this morning, we talked about the idea that the term Christian is really not a Bible term. Um, the term Christian is how outside people describe disciples. The Bible term is disciples. Um, that's how they're known. And, and, and you think about it for a minute. If you go into work tomorrow and you ask everybody at work that you see, are you a Christian? 90, 95% are going to say yes. But if you turn around and said, are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? You wouldn't get the same response. Because disciple kind of is more defined and carries with it a little more. And so we're talking about that idea in, in, in Sunday school, what it means to be a disciple and then uh, what it means to be a Christian. And then uh, Sunday, we're going to start walking through a series of messages uh, on what it, what, it, what it looks like as, as a believer. So uh, anyway, so that's kind of where we're headed. But uh, this morning, we're going to finish up First John. Uh, we've been in it for a while. And we've been walking through it verse by verse, passage by passage, and trying to get an idea, a concept of what John was trying to say. And basically it comes down to this. John wants you to know, John wants you to know that you can know you're a Christian. There are different religions, there are different faith traditions that would teach that, that you can't know. The Bible's very, very clear. You can know. And the Bible's written so that you can know. And so John's going to come now to the end of this book, and he's going to wrap it up. And it's interesting because the last verses, three times he mentions the idea of no. And so we're going to look at that. 1 John chapter 5, starting in verse 18, here's what it says. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who is born of God keeps them safe, and the evil one cannot harm them. We know that we are the children of God, and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We know also that the Son of God has come, has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true by being in His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. And then he ends with this unusual little ending, which you rarely see in the New Testament, but this book ends this way. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. So that's what John says. So we want to walk through that a little bit this morning and and make sure we understand that there are some things that you and I need to know. And the first thing he talks about is in the first verse, we know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. He says, look, you need to understand that if you are a believer, if you're a child of God, you desire to do better. There is a desire in your heart to Follow God. And if God says it, then then you want to be a disciple in the way that if that's what he says, that's what you do. There is that desire. A Christian, it's impossible to say, I'm going to be a Christian, but I want nothing to do with God. I'm going to live my life my way. He said, no, no, no. A a genuine believer doesn't continue. He doesn't embrace it. He doesn't love sin. It's not something he looks at lightly. He takes it seriously, and he wants to stay away from it, and he wants to do better. He said, that's the attitude of a believer. And the idea is that you are a little more like Christ than you were 
yesterday or last week or a month ago or a year ago or five years ago, that you have slowly grown in your faith and in your walk with God. We're never going to get it all right because we're not perfect. We are made perfect in him, but we're not perfect yet. That day will come when we, when we leave this world. And we are given those perfect bodies in a place without sin. But as long as there's sin, we struggle. And so he's not saying, because he's already argued in chapter 2, if any man say he doesn't sin, he's a liar. So he's, not, he's talking about your attitude towards sin, how you view sin, how you look at doing what the Bible says versus doing what you want to do. And we'll talk about that a lot next week. Uh, but here's what he says. Notice what he said. He said, he does not sin, and the one who is born of God keeps him safe. And the evil one cannot harm him. I'm going to talk a little bit later about this when we talk about being in him. But he lays out this idea that one of the things that God does is protect you. Uh, and we'll talk about how significant that is in a minute. He goes on to say this. We also know that we are children of God. And the whole world is under the control of the evil one. He said, look, you need to understand that when you put your faith and trust in Christ, you are of God. But there is also the world. So John lays it out this way. There are two realms. God's realm, Satan's realm. You're one or the other. You get up tomorrow, you're either going to listen to God's leading or Satan's leading. When your spouse or your coworker does something wrong, you're either going to respond God's way or Satan's way. When you choose your entertainment, you're either going to respond God's way or Satan's way. Every choice that you make comes from one world or the other. And John lays this out and goes, now remember, and this is important, remember what world are you from? What world do you know you're from? God's world. So therefore, what do I need to do? I need to do it God's way. Not my way, God's way. And he goes on to say this. He said, we also know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. All right, um, let me help you out here for a second. I've used this word know a lot. In the Greek languages, there's, there's different variations of what that word means, okay, depending on what word's used. The word that's used the most in this passage is a word that means to learn by teaching, by being taught, for instance. Um, there are two ways to learn not to touch a hot stove to a child. One way is, don't touch the stove, it's hot. And a kid goes, I'm not going to touch the stove because it's hot. He learns by being educated. He learns by being taught. The other type of child learns by experience. He has to touch the hot stove. You can say, don't touch the hot stove. He has to touch the hot stove. I raised both of these children. I know exactly how this works, okay? And so you almost, honestly, for, for some you feel like you're wasting breath going, okay, don't touch the hot stove, but you know they're going to touch the hot stove. So, you know, you just try to keep it on low um, so they don't get burned too bad, but you know that they're going to have to do it. So, you know, I mean, that's the mentality. So one is you know by being taught. One is you know by experience. Most of this passage is you know by being taught. But when we get to this verse, he changes it, and he says, so that you may know him who is true. That's by experience. 
You know that he is God. You know that the Son of God has come and he's given you understanding. Actually, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 talks about this as God giving you secret knowledge or an understanding that the world doesn't have. That's why when I go into a hospital situation where something is tragic and, and a person is on the verge of life or death, the difference between a group of Christians and a group of non-Christians is the Christians have an embrace and a knowledge and an experience of how to view that. So there is a different mentality that exists in that hospital room than a group of non-Christians, of non-disciples, who in their world, they have fear and, and panic and no hope. And, and so they're, they're, they're all... They don't have that kind of knowledge. They don't have that kind of understanding. And John says, no, you don't understand. As a son of God, you have, that kind of, you have that kind of knowledge, that kind of understanding that Jesus is God and he's with you. You understand that he protects you. And notice what he says. And we are in him who is true by being in his son, Jesus Christ. Uh, all right, uh, I need a little help. Uh, somebody, does somebody have an iPhone that is not in a case? How quickly? Quickly? Okay, let me borrow that. I'll try not to bust it. All right. That could be a big, big, big deal. Okay, yeah, I need one out of a case. Okay. This is like out of a case? Okay. It still has a little bit of a case on it. Okay. Oh, take it off. I'll pop it off then. I don't want to bust your phone. Um, I don't want to bust your phone. Okay, let me talk to you about, yeah, no, I need, I, yeah I'm going to need yours before I start because once I start, you're not going to give it to me. Okay, no, <laughs> you're, you're not going to let me hold it when I finish with this part of it. Uh, okay, all right, this is an iPhone, this is an iPhone. See the difference? Okay, let me tell you what, I'm horrible when it comes to phones. I am a walking disaster when it comes to, to cell phones. My favorite phone of all times was my flip phone. Yeah, I know you are. Yeah. She's really bad. She's actually gotten a letter that says we won't insure your phones anymore. Um, you know, so, but I mean, it, it's one of those things where, um, yeah, <laughs> okay, I have one, I had one of those. Okay, but no, no, not that one. I had the GZ1 phone. Anybody remember that phone? Okay, Here, here's the thing. It was built to military specs. It was a flip phone. It had, a, the antenna was a hook thing like this. You could pull it out by the antenna. You could drop this thing. You could have people step on it. You could do everything. You couldn't destroy this phone. It was an awesome phone. And that was my phone. And when they upgraded and went to smartphones, I held on to that. I loved that phone. But it was a flip phone. And eventually I went to the smartphone because um, I wanted to do other stuff other than just phone thing. I, I am still old school when it comes to cell phones. Okay? My cell phone is for me to call you not for you to call me. My phone at home is for you to call me and leave me a message. And you go, well, I don't leave messages. Then I don't talk to you. Um, it's really simple. It's really simple, all right? Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, you're either going to play phone tag with me and try to catch me, or you're going to leave a message, I'll get right back to you. Because that thing's on, I walk by it, I will check that thing probably three, four, five times a day. My cell phone, it sits on my table, I only use it when I leave the house. I get up in the morning. I look at it. I will not. There are days. If I'm in the office all day, there are days I will not look at it again until 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night because I do not like being tied to my phone. Okay? That's my 
Now, again, I'm a technology geek guy, so you know how much I love that kind of stuff, but I don't like my phone being tied to me. Okay? And I know some of you, you're in jobs where you don't have any choice, but that's my phone philosophy. Okay? Uh, but here's the thing. Because I am so horrible on phones, when I finally got, went to this phone, okay, the first thing that I did was I, I researched cases because I have to put it in a case, all right? My phone, on average, gets dropped once a week, all right? Uh, this is actually an OtterBox case that has a clip. I've gone through three of these in nine months, okay? You go through one, about one every three months. You can buy them off of Amazon uh, for $7 shipped to my house for free. So I, I go through these a lot. But I'm, I'm horrible when it comes to phones. I really am because I just am. I just know my thing when it comes to these. So first thing I did was when I got the iPhone, I realized that this, first of all, this is an incredible piece of technology. I don't know if you really understand what's in this thing. Okay? But let me put it in perspective to you. In 1969, we landed on the moon. It was processed, the whole lunar landing was processed by a computer that was an 8086 model. And actually, technically, it actually shut down um, for a brief moment, and they had to get the thing rebooted and everything. It's amazing that we even landed on the moon. But the processing of that took up an entire room, okay? Um, you have probably, I don't know, somebody help me out, 10, 100 times the power of technology in this little thing right here. Huh? 300 times the technology that when we landed on the moon in 1969 in your phone, okay? This has now become um, your stereo. Remember those big things? Um, this has become your encyclopedia. Anybody remember encyclopedia, you know, where you had volumes and volumes and volumes? This, it, it, does, every, it does all kinds of things for you, all right? So it's an amazing piece to tell you how far you walked and tell you how many calories you ate, you know, everything. You do everything. It's amazing. But it's also incredibly fragile. If I drop this, chances are good. It's going to break. <laughs> What's that? I'm going to buy a new one. Yeah, uh, yeah. If I drop this, it's going to break. Okay? There's a good chance it's going to break, depending on where it lands and everything else. So here's what I do. Follow this now. I went out and researched cases. At the time that I bought this, OtterBox was the top-of-the-line case. They had three models. They had the, I think they call it like the commuter. No, there's a lower one. There's a commuter model. That was like really wimpy. Then there was the, the commander model, which was a little bit more beefy. And then they have this. This is the defender model. Okay, huh? This is the high-end, high-end deal. I get the packaging for this, and I have to read through how to put my phone in this case. And, and I actually, I had to call Josh. I said, Josh, I said, I don't get it. He's like, Dad, follow the box. Oh, it's on the box. I see. Okay, anyway. So it has, well, here's what happened. I had to take my phone. I had to take this, one of these little things. I had to place, uh, for, first of all, I, first thing I do is always get the cover, the skin cover. So I put a skin cover on it so I didn't scratch screen. Then, you don't have to do that, but I did that anyway. Then I put the phone into this. There's a hard plastic case surrounding this, and it snaps in really tight. And then there's this rubber case that goes around it, okay, that goes around it to absorb the impact of being dropped, right? Like I say, about once a week, this thing hits the floor, 
Not on purpose, but most, and most of the time it lands in a parking lot. Because I have it, when I get out of my little car, it just, it hits my hip just the right way and flips out or when I take it out. So anyway, I've had the same fall. Never broke it. You know why? Because it's in a case. That case doesn't prevent it from breaking, but it greatly reduces the risk. Because what it does is protect it. It absorbs some of the things that this phone would have a very hard time handling. When the Bible says that we are placed in Christ, that's what he's talking about. Because we are placed in Christ, we can absorb some things the world has no capability to absorb. It breaks them. We have the ability to get banged up a little more, if you will. The things that would normally ruin this don't affect us. Why? Because we have some protection. We have been placed in Christ. And what John is arguing here is that, look, what God has done is he's taken you and he's put you in Christ and that surrounds you and protects you and guards you and gives you an ability to handle things the world can't handle. Okay, now i got to give this back to you because I'm, I'm just scared to death I'm going to drop it. Uh, I, know, I know there's a tougher case. Yeah, there's a life one. Uh, they're heavy and obnoxious. But, uh, you know, I don't want to keep paying Josh to put new screens in. So... Uh, but that's the idea, okay? That's the idea. We are placed in Christ. And that's what John's saying. He's saying, look, you need to understand that. You need to understand that when the, when the bumps and bruises and knocks and stuff like that comes in life, you have a way to handle it the world doesn't handle. And you need to understand this. Nothing touches you that has not gone through the hand of God first. You get that? If I have been placed in Christ and somebody does something to me, who have they really hurt first? You ready for this? Then some of the things that you've gone through are not personal. They may feel personal. You take a stand for God, I guarantee you, you're going to get banged. Why? Why? Because you're in Christ. And that's what John's arguing here. John's saying, look, you, you've been placed in Christ. And you know what? He's the true in God and eternal life. And then he says, dear children, be careful. Be careful. There's a lot of argument as to what John was saying here. I, here here's what I think. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a general view of it. Here's what I think John's saying. Look, don't let anything take away from your relationship to God. All an idol is is something that you worship instead of God. Don't let anything come into your life that will rob you of growing and being the kind of person God wants you to be. Don't let somebody else, don't let something, don't let technology, don't let whatever, don't let it come in and rob you. Keep yourself from idols. Guard yourself. Protect yourself by placing yourself in Christ and understanding what that means when you're in Christ. Um, so a couple of takeaways, and here we go. Um, first takeaway is this. 
if you're a believer this morning, you have to ask yourself, what's your attitude towards sin? How, how do you look at sin? Is it no big deal? Well, it was our sin that put Christ on the cross. It needs to be a big deal. Is it something you embrace, or is it something you try to stay away from? Is it something that you excuse, or is it something that you really try to change? Is it something you just talk about, or is it something you do something about? So, I mean, I can go up and say, hey, honey, look, I'm sorry. I should talk to you nicer. And then turn around and yell at her. Well, that, that, that's not change. That's not repentance. Repentance is, honey, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry that I, I haven't yelled at her that I know of, but I'm sorry that I yelled at you and then talking to her nice all week. Loving her. That's, that's change. That's repentance. That's what, that, that's what we should desire. We should desire to honor God. And that's what he's saying. If you're a believer, that desire should be in you. That's one of the ways you can know. If you want to do what's right, that's one of the marks of a Christian. Not, you don't embrace sin, you, you, you work against it. And the other thing that he says, is, he talks about the idea of, he says, you know, look at how you view sin. And then look at, look at how you view the fact that your choices every day as far as the children of God. How do you see yourself in this world? You see yourself as, you know, well, you know, I just got to, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm gonna, I, you know, I, you know, the Bible thing's okay, but no, 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 no. Ask yourself, do you really want to do what's right? Because that's what a believer does. A believer wants to do what's right. He, I'm not saying he always does, but he wants to. And he's working towards it. And he's learning and he's growing and he's trying. You're here this morning, I assume, yeah, because, look, a lot of you have got other things you could be doing today. But you're here this morning because you want to hear the Word of God, because you want to fellowship, because you want to worship. Why would any person in their normal mind do that? Makes sense for a Christian, but if, if you believe in salvation by grace and not works, then the only reason you do is because you're a believer. And, and, and John says, look, that's one other thing. How do you view the world? Do you want to do what God wants you to do, or do you want to do what Satan wants you to do? Do you want you to do your own thing? And then, do you really, really understand and embrace the idea that Jesus is God? How do you look at Jesus? And how do you look at yourself in Christ this week? Because you see, when I'm, when I'm in Christ, here's the reality. I have more confidence in the Otterbox company than I do in the Apple company. Now, that was easy to say about Microsoft. It's a little tougher to say about Apple. But I have more confidence in Otterbox. Why? Because I placed my phone in them. I placed my security and that kind of thing in them. Now, this isn't impossible to ruin. People have done it. But it makes it a lot tougher, and it protects my phone. And so far, it's survived quite a bit. Why? Because it's in Christ. Why? It, it's in Otterbox. My phone's not in Christ, all right? Um, no, my phone's not a believer. But you know what I'm talking about. It's the idea that it's been placed in that. And John says, look, that's what you, you, you and I have to realize. And when you do that, guess what? Just like I trust the Otterbox company, then you begin to trust Christ. Um, this is flying around the Internet. You know, I take these things with a grain of salt, but it makes my point, so I'm going to use it, all right? Um, <clears throat> some of you have seen this little thing posted on a bad day. 
don't know if any of you have seen this little thing posted. Here's what it says. It's a conversation between a guy and God having a bad day. And he says, God, can I ask you something? God says, sure. He says, promise you won't get mad? God said, I promise. He said, all right, why did you let so much stuff happen to me today? And God says, what do you mean? He said, well, I said my car this morning. He said, it just took forever to start. And he said, I'll, I was almost late for work. I said, okay. He said, and at lunch, he said, <clears throat> the guy in the sandwich line, he said he was new. He didn't know what was going on. He said, then I almost got, got, came back from work, and I was late for that too. I said, all right. He said, on my way home, he said, my phone. He said, somebody called me. I went to pick up my phone and answer it. And he said, the next thing I know, my phone died on me. He said, that didn't help my day at all. He said, I had to run in the house and charge it up and everything else gets okay. He said, top it all off. He said, I wanted to soak my feet when I got home and relax a little bit. He said, nothing would work. Nothing went right. God, why'd you do this to me today? God said, well, you really got to know. And let your car start because there was a drunk driver on your route might have hit you if you were on the road at that time. And he said, you know that guy who made your sandwich today? He said, the guy who was supposed to make it was sick. He said, I don't want you to catch what they have, and I knew you couldn't afford to miss work. He said, so he said, he's at home sick, and you got some new guy to make your sandwich. He said, the phone thing? Well, he said, the person that uh, was calling you, was actually going to try to trick you into saying something and, and give a false witness. And, and I didn't want that conversation to happen, so I protected you from that. And that foot-soaking thing, he said, you didn't know it, but the cord had a short in it. He said, so, he said, uh, that's why I did what I did, if you have to know. He said, all right, God. I'll trust you. And God said, and don't doubt that my plan for your day is always better than your plan. And he said, I won't. And God just let me tell you, thanks for everything you did for me today. God said, you're welcome. Just another day of being your God. I love looking after my children. Look, I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what's collapsed and what hasn't. But it's really a matter of perspective, isn't it? It's like I've always told my kids, yes, it could be better, and it could always be worse. It's all in how you see it. But you see, I know, I know that in my life I do what I can to deal with my sin. And I know that in my life, I'm a child of God. And I know that in my life, I have been placed in Christ. And I try the best I can to keep things from robbing me of that relationship with Christ. That's what I know. So when things happen, you know, it's like I told, I told the kids, you know, Monday night, my plan, steak and trout. God's plan, he was having surgery. I was eating euros, and Aaron was, where did, we, where did you have? 
Yeah, she was at a patty melt at one of my favorite restaurants. <laughs> like I told them that night, you didn't know it, but this, didn't, this day, this event, this situation didn't take God by surprise. This is part of what he had for the day. And it's okay. It's okay. And you know what? As believers, we can have that confidence because we, there are things that we can know. And I trust this morning that you know. That you're a child of God, that you know Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that you have been placed in Christ. And that you know what? No matter what happens today, this week, next week, this month, it's all touched the hand of God first. And it will be okay. Won't be what you plan, but it will be okay. Because he, his plan is always better than our plan. And John said, you can walk out knowing those kinds of things. Let's pray. Lord, guide, direct us, and help us. And Lord, as we go throughout our lives, as we go throughout this day, may you help us to realize that the things that are happening, the things that are going on in our lives, Lord, <coughs> have not taken you by surprise that, Lord, um, there is something bigger that we can't see. And so, Lord, help us to, just as we trust you for our salvation, to trust you for those kinds of things as well. And, Lord, as we struggle, as we go through things in life, may we learn, Lord, to look to you and not to our circumstances. And, Lord, as the world sees us, may they see a different response. May they see Christ in us. And we'll give you the honor and the glory and the praise these things we ask in your name. Amen.